Our next guest Nirupama Subramaniam is a consultant, facilitator and a leadership coach with a wealth of experience built up over 25 years. She is the co-founder at Glow, an organization committed to the development of inclusive work cultures and empowering women for leadership roles. She's also founder and CEO Powerful Life Solutions and a co-founder of My Daughter is Precious. Among her many accomplishments, Nirupama is also a best-selling author of her three books, Keep the Change, Intermission, and now Powerful. She has written for Times of India, Hindustan Times, Cosmopolitan, National Geographic, and other publications. A perfect guest for the show, Nirupama has truly dedicated herself to the empowerment of women. Welcome to the show, Nirupama. Thank you. Thank you, Shailja. Thank you for having me here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I've written three books. You're asking an author to tell a little bit about herself. So I'm going to see how I can condense that. Uh, so I think uh, what what I see is myself holding different identities. Uh, one of that uh, is my work identity, which is I am a leadership development coach and a facilitator, and this is the work I've been doing for the last twenty years or so. Uh, my purpose and my goal is really to grow and help other people grow and live a very joyous life. And apart from that, I'm also, as I said, an author. I've authored two novels, and my third book, Powerful: The Indian Woman's Guide to Unlocking Her Full Potential, is out right now. Apart from that, I also do so. I have a not-for-profit initiative called My Daughter's Precious, which is my family initiative, and I'm one of the co-founders along with my husband and daughter. And in this initiative, we raise funds and we provide mentoring and life skills for young girls from underserved backgrounds to complete their undergraduate education. And apart from all of that, I am a mother to a 20-year-old daughter. I'm a wife. Uh, I'm a yoga enthusiast. I'm an avid traveler, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much I think enough for a short beginning. That that's a book I would want to read. <laughs> so where did Glow come from, Nirupama? What inspired the need for that initiative? So Glow stands for, of course, growing leadership of women. And in Glow, which I co-founded along with my business partner Aparna, our purpose is really to enable a more inclusive, just, and equitable world. And we do this through the work of our coaching and leadership development. So, what Glow does is we work in four different domains. One is definitely with corporates, where we help them with their diversity and inclusion agenda, whether it's through workshops on unconscious bias or. women leadership programs to enable women to reach leadership positions and for organizations to create the inclusive culture that is required we do some work with women entrepreneurs as mentors we offer sessions for them so that they can live their full potential we do work with uh, you know underserved communities so which is where glow comes in to provide the mentoring and life skill support for my daughter's precious so we work with uh, these young girls and we find mentors for them who will support them and then of course what we love to do is to have offer very interesting learning experiences for any woman who wants to sign up and join them so we do retreats we do courses we offer personal and professional growth resources for women so glow does all of that and one of the reasons we wanted to start glow and 
there are two reasons. I think the first is the professional reason. As I was doing this work of leadership development and working with organizations, I saw that there were very, very few women when it came to the senior level programs and workshops that I was doing. And in a group, there would often be you know, 20 men, one woman, or you know, very, very low percentages, especially at the senior levels. So I became curious to understand what happens. What happens, in fact, to all the smart girls who graduate with such dreams from school and from college, and they enter the workforce. And you know, somewhere there is a leaky bucket because we don't see that many women at senior level positions. So that was one of the reasons we started GLOW is to fill this particular gap because I strongly believe it's very important to have balanced leadership, whether it's uh, in politics or whether it's organizations. So that's one reason. And the second is also came from my own experiences as a professional woman, as a working mother, mother uh, as a wife, as somebody in contemporary India who plays all of the old traditional roles, but also wants to have a life outside of the house, is the need for safe spaces where women can come together, share, talk and discuss. So I really felt the need to provide support you know, for women like myself, as well as support for all the other women who just want a space where they can be themselves, where they can be heard and they can be completely comfortable and invest in themselves. So that's how GLOW came to be. So Nirpama, tell us, uh, you know, about uh, My Daughter is Precious, right? So that's also in one of our conversation you mentioned about it. So our listeners would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So My Daughter is Precious is a passion project for all of us. And I say us, it's me, my daughter, who is very precious, and her, her name is Kavya, and my husband Rajesh. And it's a very interesting, let's say, you know, origin story, if I may call it that, for My Daughter is Precious. So in 2014, we had moved as a family to Bangladesh, Dhaka. And my daughter, who was a teenager then, was you know, finding it difficult to settle. We'd uprooted her from her uh, wonderful school and home in Gurgaon to this completely new country. And, you know, she, she at 13 was having a bit of a tough time. And one day she saw this documentary in school about um, the fact that many girls, 65 million girls across the world, don't have access to education. And that sparked off an, you know, a very interesting dinner table conversation in our family. And we said, uh, let's do something about it. So it started off as a photography project where, um, you know, my husband Rajesh and Kavya both had an interest in photography, would go to these areas, you know, underserved areas, what we call slums in urban cities, speak with the families and see, you know, whether the girls were taken care of, what they felt about the education of girls. And we also wanted to highlight the father-daughter bond. So this was a father-daughter thing that they were doing together. So what um, we would do is take photographs of fathers with their daughters and immediately give them a Polaroid copy as a memento that your daughter's precious, uh, as precious, maybe more than a son, and you need to invest in her and take care of her. And we were very, very heartened by the fact that most of the families we met, and I would say most, not all, uh, were very supportive of their daughters going to school and getting that education. So it started off as that, and then, you know, we met 50 families, we put a Facebook page, we shared the stories, and we thought, okay, you know, we made a little bit of impact on those families we connected with. But after about two years of doing that, 
during one of our visits we met this young girl uh, who was talking about how she had to drop out of college because the family did not have money for her education and uh, this was in chennai you know in a fishing community and the mother was a housemaid the father was an out of work fisherman there was a lot of pressure on the family and there was a lot of pressure on this girl to quit her studies and you know bring in the income for the family and uh, she couldn't pay the college fees they could not accumulate the you know uh, 10000 rupees that was needed and which is when we realized that we actually were in a position to make a significant difference by funding the higher education we found most of the girls go to school at least in urban areas it's not an issue uh it's considered you know quite the normal thing for girls to study up to class 10 if not complete school uh because government education is high heavily subsidized but when it came to higher education which is what they needed to get a job which would help them to break out of this cycle of poverty uh that's where we saw a big gap so that's what we do now with my daughter's precious uh we raise money to provide scholarships for these young girls so that they can complete their education and go on to get a job and through glow we provide a mentor for uh, each girl because we realized that more than just the financial support they wanted somebody who could guide and support and help them many of them are the first in their family to go to college and their parents are supportive but unable to give them the kind of guidance we wanted and you know i'm really happy to say that this year we would have sent more than 51 girls to college our first girl her name is gayatri whom we met in chennai she graduated and she got a job in an office first white collar job and i remember feeling so excited when she sent her sent me this appointment letter which she had got and she sent a photo of herself sitting at a desk in front of a computer which nobody in her family had ever done before so i've been in touch with gayatri till last year uh, you know and it was extremely heartening to see that it makes a difference it makes a tangible difference so that's what we do now we have a tie up with a college so from you know individual you know identifying individual girls now we have institutional partnership we have a tie up with a college from the delhi university and this is our fourth cohort this year where we are supporting 15 girls to get uh, complete two years of the college then we take them in the first year each girl has a mentor and i'm very happy this year we have a second institutional partnership which is with holy family college of nursing and um, we are supporting young student nurses to complete their education and each girl gets mentored by a senior nurse so really proud of the fact i think the pandemic has showed us the importance of healthcare workers and uh, we've started doing that and it's my dream really to expand this and reach as many girls as possible and the mentors uh, have also found it an amazing experience because uh, they learn as much from these young girls whom they support as much as they give to them in terms of knowledge and guidance so it's been a very very heartwarming and fulfilling experience so we're small in scale but uh, i think we are making a significant impact What an inspiring uh, insight into your life, Anirupama. You know, while we are struggling with uh, finding our true mojos and keeping it ignited, you're not only doing that for yourself, but you're walking the talk and also helping others. You know, reach reach their goals. Uh, how do you manage your professional and personal lives? You know, because what you're doing is not only for yourself; it's a lot for the society, for people around you, right? How does that balance come from? You know, our listeners would love to hear you. So, balance is a very interesting word, Shailaj, and I've been also struggling and 
reflecting on what true balance is. So I think uh, for me, I chose to design my life in a very different way from you know being in a typical corporate setup. Uh, so I work as an independent consultant. I have my own firm. I have Glow. I, I have another firm where I do um, leadership development and work with, of course, men and corporates. So I continue to do that. And of course, I write as well. So I design my life so that I find time for what truly gives me energy and keeps me happy rather than focus on some of the things which I don't enjoy. And I'm very, very fortunate that I'm able to outsource many of the things that I don't want to do, like cooking, right? So uh, I can admit now that I don't cook. I am very lucky. I have a helper who takes care of that. She looks after my house and I've always had that, whether it's in India or Bangladesh. So uh, I also take on work which is rewarding and meaningful because I, I don't have, I have a financial goal, but I don't have an idea of making lots and lots of money. That's not my dream. So having clarity on values, clarity on priorities, clarity on what I'm good at and love doing and what I can eliminate from my life. All of these have really helped me to keep the balance. And for me, it's not about time. It's about managing my energy. Because I, you know, I spent a Sunday, I think last Sunday, doing three talks. And they were all things that I wanted to do in the morning. It was for, an, you know, another NGO in the afternoons for a group of coaches. Then I did something else. And I was like, why am I working on a Sunday? But I realized for me, that was not work. That I was doing something that I, that I really enjoyed and I wanted to do. And uh, I am lucky that I can take time off during the week and uh, do some of the things that I want. So I just say, I, you know, I block my calendar and I'm not available for calls and sessions or I know I have a free day uh, and then I can do the stuff that I want, which is not work. So for me, it's about uh, managing my whole life. It's about managing my energies. And I think the fact that right now at this stage of my life, right, I'm just telling my daughter, I'm not an active parent. My daughter is in college in the US. So she's not physically present. So I was just saying, she's saying, mom, instead of relaxing, you're doing much more, you know, with your time. You should just be chilling now that I'm, I'm you know, not there and I don't need you around. Not that she did in any case. So I think I'm also at the stage of life that uh, I feel I can do a lot more with my time. But it's, it's always been like that. I think work to values, prioritize what you want delegate and this is what I tell a lot of uh, women who I coach that you don't have to take on all the household responsibility on your shoulders and feel that you have to bear the load and there is no option. Um, I know I have a supportive spouse so we've you know we've kind of measured up the chores and said you'll do this and I'll do that and uh, as I said I, I have help who I fully utilize and I don't try to be perfect in everything that I do. I try to find joy in everything that I do, not be perfect in everything that I do. And uh, balance is always, it's an ongoing game. You'll never have a day which is perfectly balanced, but you can have a life that has some semblance of balance. So your so priorities I I, I, are completely yeah. set, right? So the need and the want, uh, the balance is there from what I can see, you definitely carved out the need in your life. 
but uh, what is about ambition and want is something which you've kind of parked and you have deep prioritized maybe and that's a time you have to give to others because i see a lot of you is available for others right you're doing so much for the upliftment of society women and it's not even about women right so you've done some workshops for men to get the gender equality many actually yeah. <laughs> most yeah, yeah. so nirupama so, uh, we uh, you know the genesis of unstoppable women was a thought which uh you know inspired me at the time of women's day you know while we're ce- celebrating women empowerment and women's day it was also about the fact that women as women we carry a lot of labels and identities right uh, we play a lot of roles in our lives as a mother daughter wife uh but somewhere women also get lost playing those roles and don't find the me time or the time to connect with the ikigai like you said right so how do you balance how do you get that mojo to keep your ikigai ignited uh, can you give some tips to our listeners so i think firstly it you know everything any change and transformation has these three steps the first is awareness i feel that a lot of women don't even take the time to sit back and be in a space of awareness where they can figure out what's going on who am i what do i really want to do right it's like you're constantly on the treadmill and at some time you are even you're too scared to get off for that awareness uh so once you do that and that's one reason why I, you know we do the workshops that we do so but a, a couple of years back before the pandemic we uh, did a retreat called redesign your life which was a space for women to come and exactly take this time for self awareness but there were a lot of people women who said no the you know child's exams are next week and i'm not sure this is the right time so i find women hesitate to even take that time out a lot of them do it but you know prioritizing yourself to figure out what you want itself is the first step so be in awareness so that you take the time out second it's really about a choice that you make so uh how do you choose to how do you choose what's important how do you choose uh what gives you joy and whether you can honor that or you are actually choosing to be stuck in a particular situation and you know blaming the world so make the choice thirdly it is the action right what do you actually do so i know people who uh become aware and they make a choice and they act, and they say no this this can wait i will wait uh, i can wait uh i will do it after my you know children go to college kind of a thing and there are other women who don't see that as a constraint and say it's absolutely possible to uh figure out my balance and they take actions that are required to do this they get a support system they sign up for a course they educate their children that you know it's not important for you to have your mother around all the time and they take those actions that are responsible for their own growth uh and there are lots of women i know who are doing that extremely well So I think it's it's important for women to you know to some extent to take responsibility for their own growth and prioritize them uh you know rather than saying later not now and you know I'm speaking to women in their late 40s and 50s who are actually waking up and saying what's my life what's the next 25 years going to be about uh and uh coming to terms with the fact that they have a lot of their life and their identities left so i think it's it's extremely important uh, for you to be able to 
um, be in that space of awareness in the first place so that you can move to the other stages and me time is you know again there's me time and there's me time and i know a lot of women who would go to a spa who would go shopping quite happily and i love doing that there's nothing nothing wrong with that kind of me time at all absolutely you need to indulge yourself you need to hang out with your girlfriends and have drink lots of wine and um, you know have that kind of fun as well and if you feel your life is complete and you're happy more power to you uh but if doing all of that still leaves you feeling that it's not enough and you need something more then you make those other choices to take the time for reflection and invest in your own growth and figure out what you really want to do so what are the qualities that define a leader because you've also worked a lot in that space uh and how does a person become one so how does a person i mean it's like you you <laughs> you know there's a usual thing which we do in workshops are leaders born or made and you know uh, there's a the typical leadership workshop discussion uh and having done this work and you know done leadership workshops over all these years um i will say that in a way it's a combination of your inherent qualities ambition and then the resources that you get to be on that particular path So um in fact in in my book powerful which uh, you know has just released I speak about these six powers that women have and that I would say though the lens is feminine but I think it's extremely important for every leader to have those six powers uh and these are very these are what we call qualities or I call them powers or strengths and we all need to have some degree of each and what makes a great or good leader is knowing what are my inherent strengths essence and qualities how can that become a block to me to being in my leadership power and what are the additional qualities and powers that i need to learn and nurture for myself right and i'll give you an example for example one of the powers i speak about is the the veera or the warrior energy or the power and these are people these are women who are bold who are courageous who take risks who are not afraid to speak up uh relentless ambitious goal oriented and that's fantastic and that's i think a very very important quality you need to have to be in any kind of leadership position but overuse of that will also cause burnout there'll be lack of empathy uh you will be driving yourself to the point of exhaustion you might not have too many you know close nourishing relationships that is a pitfall so then what do you do you need to balance it out with some other energy with some other power so this is what i call maybe you need a little bit more of the nurturing caregiver energy which is what i call the ma power and recognizing the fact that this is not the only way for you to succeed but also incorporating some of the other qualities that you may not have is what will make you i would say a, of course a successful leader but also a, a successful as a human being in any context and you can be a leader not necessarily in the corporate context you can be a leader in the field of arts you can be a leader in the field of academia or you know whatever you do you can have your own definition of what being a leader means which is really your ability to impact and influence a larger number of people and be a force for good for me that's who a leader is and to do that i think that it's very simple identify your inherent strengths and capabilities so that you don't waste you don't expend too much energy in trying to be who you are not accept who you are 
That's what I say. If you are a Abira, that's fine. If you're a Kanya, what I call the good girl energy, or you're a Rishika, the wise woman energy, that is all fine. But to take you to the next level, what more do you need? What have you been avoiding? What is something more that you need to bring in? And if you can do that, that will take you on the path of leadership. So, in your uh, book, Powerful, do you also have ways of a woman identify which power she has more and how to balance with the other powers? Yes, yes. So, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question. Yes, to some extent, the book will give you that answer. But what I've also done precisely because people would have that question is um, I've created a, a psychometric tool and an assessment tool which is validated. So I've partnered with a psychometrician to create it. And by taking that assessment, which I think would be the first one to use a lens of women in the Indian South Asian context, you can get, you will get a score of what your uh, scores are on the different powers, the six powers and uh, also a guideline for what you can do about it. So my uh, goal is also to set up a coaching practice where coaches like me and others who want to support women can use this as a very, very enabling and valuable tool to help women know these are my strong energies. And these are the ones that are latent or not developed. These are potential blocks that come in the way of me living my full potential. And then either work on your own or work with the coach to help you to be the kind of powerful person that you want to be. So so for me, it is like, yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. I mean, the first time I heard, I mean, many months ago when we spoke for the first time, I was so happy that, you know, somebody's thinking in that direction. One is to use data insights to identify their various powers within women and then how to have an actionable plan after that. So even coaching through that, uh, you know, for women, I think that's great. I would really love to hear more about your coaching and the next steps after Powerful, you know, how you take it ahead. I'll be I'll be watching you closely. <laughs> Thank you. Please, please do. So it is, I think this is this is the beginning. Uh, the book has just come out. My the assessment tool is ready. Uh, we are planning workshops and I've been doing a lot of sessions uh, over the last two months uh, for corporates, for NGOs, for, you know, I'm going to be doing two sessions for women entrepreneurs just to tell them about you know, and I believe in my my creation. Let's say if I didn't, then there's been no point putting it out. And I believe, and I have benefited greatly by having a language, by having a, a, something that speaks to me and my context. And it's my dream and wish that more and more women can access this. And in fact, a couple of men have told me, why don't you do something like this for us as well? So maybe, maybe in the future. <laughs> that is there that's really amazing you know and just you know it just takes one shift in the mind right which can really change a person's life and I see this happening through such workshops and that's why I'm a true believer in the kind of work which you do which is also so resonates with our uh, you know show unstoppable women you know come on you have it and you wake up and you know it's not somebody from outside who can give the power to you it's about the power inside and you can identify that yeah, that is so true because you know I was speaking to somebody they said oh I, I don't like this term women's empowerment you know it seems like some political agenda or somebody will come and empower these women with sops and you know uh, 
different kinds of things and suddenly you know the women will feel empowered so i do believe that systems need to change and you know of course we need to um, work on the patriarchal mindset and many deep systemic issues but i think that has to happen along with women taking and claiming their inner power you can't uh, we have to take responsibility at the same time the world around us has to change and i believe that and this is what i've seen that if you start taking responsibility the world around you has no choice but to change in your favor so now i'm very curious nirupama i i want to know more about the child nirupama you know what brought this transformation and that the nirupama of today we see is transforming you know so many lives what really triggered and you know what, how did this thought come to you that i want to do something for many people many women out there it's not only about myself so you know interestingly when i was uh, growing up and uh, i had this interesting chat with my mother my sister my daughter all of us of course who come from uh, you know similar both genetic material as well as a context and then we all have the similar what we call the rishika i call that the wise seeker power so as always a uh, you know curious child it was important for me to be smart I, i was always reading a lot of things but i was very focused on myself right which is you know i want to do good i want to be good i want to do this it was a lot of i dialogue i think um, for probably the first 25 30 years uh i thought social service was done by other people and i was quite ambitious in the way of wanting to be successful as an individual and have a you know notch up a lot of achievements uh and do that so one is an organic part of growing up and the other is of course your own life experiences do shape you so you know i think the birth of my daughter was one such experience where i found a shift in my priorities i had to go through some struggles as a new parent and as a working mother <clears throat> and that made let made me feel that it's not a fair system right i mean i didn't I, there was nobody else to blame and i said it's not a fair system women have to make these tough choices and though in retrospect everything worked out well now i found a deep empathy with other women who go through uh life making those particular choices and i think the other turning point was think some um, yeah other turning point was in um, when i lost my father very suddenly about 10 years ago and uh, it was happened you know extremely suddenly he died of a heart attack and my father after he retired from the indian administrative service spent a lot of his time uh, doing uh, not for profit work so he would tour extensively and i saw that as a significant legacy that he was leaving behind rather than you know what he did in a formal job and uh, i started thinking about what is my life going to be all about and you know anything can happen at any time would i feel that i have lived a good life and good in my eyes a worthwhile life and what you know so those questions got triggered and uh, some of it happened organically uh, some of it was intentional but i started having these questions about purpose and what is my life going to be all about and can it be about something bigger than just me and i felt in doing the work of coaching and leadership development i was doing it to some extent uh but in terms of a cause something that i feel passionately about um i think my experiences as a mother and as a daughter and as a working woman have led me to this 
domain of I call it of course gender equality but really justice equality and inclusion as something that I um, care deeply about and caring deeply about is of no use if you don't do anything about it so which is why now at this stage of my life I see a convergence in my writing so in a writing of powerful with my daughter's precious the work I do with glow I think there is a cause which is very dear to me and uh, I want my life to be was joyful and happy but also meaningful to some extent and i think that's that's the way it happened so i see a lot of self awareness you know in a lot of things which you've shared so far and what role has spirituality played in your life now that's interesting so i you know i i would say i don't follow rigid practices of spirituality or religion there are certain things that i like to do which i will do uh, on certain days but for me spirituality is really being alive to the spirit within yourself and feeling connected to the spirit outside right when you say that being in the presence of grace you know being in touch with your spirit and working on that so for me that is uh, spirituality do i have a practice yes i mean i do certain practices uh, yoga is something which i enjoy because it connects all your domains of body heart mind and spirit i have a gratitude practice which i you know believe in and i've seen it happen that the more things that you are grateful for the more things you will get to be grateful about and that is uh, you know a strong source of support to me so in that sense i think uh my own inherent rishika nature also makes me a seeker uh so reading widely being open to all kinds of ideas not being rigid or dogmatic for me also is further on the path of spirituality it's it's really about awakening to the highest possibility of yourself and when you do that you're totally connected you're connected with yourself you're connected with the spirit outside uh it's a long journey i'm no i'm no way there to attaining you know nirvana or anything like that but for me it's it's a path it's a practice not a destination and i think if you're just awakened to this this wonderful spirit within yourself and see that connection in the world around you whether it's in nature whether it's in other people for me that is spirituality i i do believe in a goddess uh i would say that in the power of the goddess and the divine feminine energy which is there uh but over and above that i you know i don't have strong religious practices but i do believe i am at least heading towards becoming somewhat of a spiritual person so what advice would the spiritual person give to the unstoppable women out there who are wanting to be like nirupama you know carving their own voice and walking the path because you see i think it's you know it's all about following the light and then other people can walk that path and i think you are doing that so what advice would you want to give to them thank you for sharing that shalaja and you know it's interesting that um, as a coach uh, you know one thing we are told is never advise people believe you have to believe they are resourceful enough to find their own answers so it's always you know advice is a charged word for me but having said that i think this is a wish right this is a wish for all the women is to be fully awakened to their own gorgeous amazing powerful selves acknowledge that own your power claim your power and live your power wholeheartedly 
that's really what I have as a wish for all the young girls in the world, for all the women. I would say all the people as well. Thanks, Nirupama. Thanks for so, so many great insights about your life, your passion, uh, what you've done with Glow. And I'm really thrilled to, you know, know about your book, Powerful. I'm going to buy it. Read it this weekend. Please it's do. Been, <laughs> it's been on yes. my to-do for a while now. But yeah, this weekend I'm I'm going all after it. Great, thank you. And you know, this is what an author who has a book out does. Despite everything else, you just want you want people to buy the book, of course, read the book, and uh, get something for yourself from the book. Right. So you know, somebody was just telling me, you know, uh, a lot of people writing memoirs and biographies, and you know, about their lives. And uh, I, I was very, very touched to hear that. And they said, you know, those books talk about how great that person is. Your book helps people understand how great they can be. So for me, that's really the wish with Powerful that everybody reads it and feels and knows how great they can be. So please do. Yeah, be happy. Thank you. Thank you, Nirupama. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been such a beautiful journey. talking to you thank you so much elja it's been lovely talking to you and all thank the best so much. all the best for future thank you very much thanks for tuning in join us again next week for more inspirational stories from unstoppable women